Hi, everybody. Welcome to A Therapist and a Lawyer Walk Into a Bar. My name is Caitlin, and I'm one of your co-hosts for this podcast. I'm also the therapist in the title, and I'm here with my husband, John, who's the lawyer. And we're so glad that you found us. Welcome. Willkommen. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. That's sure. German. Sure. It's pretty good. And Bienvenue. Uh, therapist oh, and a lawyer. Do you know how to say therapist in French? Uh, therapist. Is that right? I know. It's probably like psychology. Yeah, right, right, right. That's what kind of how it is in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Psicología, I think, is psychology. Whoa, psicología. I think. It's fun to say. Miss, Miss Paul, if you're listening, tell me if that's right. Uh, so we... I'm a therapist. You're a lawyer. We are married. We do this podcast once a week where we chat about a little old newsletter I write over on Substack called Dialoguing. And we talk about that for a little bit. And then we talk about um, mostly nothing. Yeah, that's kind of the, the um, people may stumble upon this and think, oh, maybe I'll get some good um helpful information about therapy and mental health. Maybe maybe I'll get some legal advice. You really you probably you get a little through this of each. Uh-huh. Um just get more of our banter. Right. It's more like can you tell if a pizza is good by looking at it? Yeah. Survey says maybe. Speaking of surveys. Yeah. On our last podcast, uh-huh. we had the debate about whether you said bump Bump or dip. Yeah. And so so for people who didn't listen on the last episode, I intended to say dip our toe into John heard bang our toe into. Mm -hmm. And upon Listening to it, it was clear to me that I did say it right, and you heard bang. But then you listened to it, and you heard it the way you heard it again. <laughs> and it was one of those moments where, like, are we having, like, a Yanny Laurel situation, blue dress, white dress? Like, But then you listened to it again, and you heard it correctly. Well, I listened to it after you said that, and you're like, I said dip in, and... It, I was like, okay, then I could hear that, but it was really I heard exact like the the first time after right, you, you right. I, I even told him that I was right, and I said I really I listened to it in editing, and I I did say dip, and even with that information, you still heard it the way you thought I said it, which is I think a testament to well, just you hear what you want to hear, literally. I'm curious. Oh, if anyone if, else, okay. if anyone else. Okay. Hearing it, heard what I heard. I wish I had the timestamp um, <clears throat> so people can go back and check. I'll, maybe if I can find that, I'll put it in the show notes. But Sure. This is an important... I mean, no one said anything to me of people that listened to it, but... It's kind of great because rarely can we crowdsource our arguments. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, there's no, po- there's no point in crowdsourcing it. We have audio record. We have as much proof as you're going to have that you were incorrect. My ears hear what they're going to hear. Okay. That's kind of exactly what I, I mean. 
Oh, it says I should have tipped gently to mix. I'm drinking a Reed's Craft Ginger Beer and it's saying tip gently. It must be like, oh yeah, I can see like, I was going to say it doesn't taste too sugary, but maybe it's because I didn't mix it. I'm sure this is stimulating content for all of the listeners. I think sometimes it's interesting to know what's happening. If it's it's an audio medium, sometimes uh-huh. it's nice to know what's happening visually. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so th- that was a the last three minutes of us bickering is a really good indication of what this podcast is. It's become that. I think our intention was. Yeah, you know, behind the title of like a therapist and a lawyer walk into a bar is like this is a conversation that we would be having if there weren't mics in front of our face, and we would talk some about things that are really like lighting us up inside, which is what I typically write about in my newsletter, and then we talk about nothing. So it's very similar to that. That was the intention, but now it's mostly just us bickering. But somewhat, I think, <clears throat> through the lens. And sorry, I keep coughing. Um, <laughs> bit through the lens of our professions. I think yes. Yes. So there is still you're getting a little bit of what you came here for. But it's not anything that you can, you know, take home as uh, sound advice for any of our professions. Correct. I mean, I have a whole disclaimer at the end about how this is yeah. not technically advice. It's not a replacement for legal or mental health treatment. Yeah, I mean, if you see a disclaimer, you can just take that as everything these people just said is bullshit, and I can't trust it. That's sure, that's sure, a disclaimer. Sure. sure, sure, sure. How you doing? Before we launch into what I wrote about this week, how's a friend? You had a hard day. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go into the specifics, but you had a hard day. Yeah. How are we feeling now? Uh, you know, it's like... I've I've reached the stage of comfort with it, you know. I mean, it just it just really, you know. There's that I don't know who said it, but many people have said it. Um, if you're upset and you want to write that email, mm. either write it and don't send it till <clears throat> tomorrow. Uh-huh. And if you read it and you still mean it, uh-huh. then you should send it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But what you shouldn't do is send it, right? That yeah, right when you're thinking it, because there is, I mean, everything in your body just pulsates with. I gotta get this down now. This is right. You're in a this trigger. Is you're the in a truest. trigger state. <clears throat> I know it's it's wild, and and how much you convince yourself that you're not going to be better until you lash back, or mm-hmm. you know. I, so just, just briefly, I got into a spat with a with an opposing counsel today. Yes. Well, not a spat. A spat, I don't think is. Did you get in a spat during the thing, and then you a little got bit the, of a, it was a small spat during okay. the deposition, and then okay, but it, it didn't seem, <clears throat> you know, to linger. And then there was sort of a a retaliatory um, email, yeah, um, that was very patronizing. Uh-huh. Um, he's an older. Mm-hmm. Attorney, and was it like get. was it like name calling or like? Uh, yeah, I mean, okay. it, one part and of I the can email. Take whatever out you're not comfortable with. But. Yeah, and one part of the email. I mean, he says something to the effect of, "Yeah," and even during your deposition, I thought to myself, "Has he even 
discussed this case with a more experienced attorney. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean it was it was it was pretty um petty and unprofessional. Wow. And at the end he he said that he would, you know, he apologized for the strident nature of and I was like strident is you know, that's <laughs> taking it gently. But the funny thing is that I've sort of, sort of resolved. I mean, he took the time to send this very, very long email in response. And essentially my email was like, look, I think we've got our differences here. Uh-huh. Um, I think, you know, you got to realize the difficulties in your case before things go mm-hmm. to a much more demanding space for both of us. Do you want to sit down and have a conversation about resolving this? And that's, you know, he responds to this very posturing position. Oh, of, that was a response to your email. Right. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the fact that it's like that, that saying, me thinks thou doth protest right. too much. Right, 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 right. It was right. just a, it was a bit over the top. Yeah. Just like getting to that point of being petty and demeaning and patronizing. Right. It's like, if that's right. what you really got to fall back on, man. Right. Are we really... Right. He's kind of showing his cards, his fragility by yeah. doing mm-hmm. that. And um, he wants to get into, make this more of a, a spat. And he wants to get under my skin and uh-huh. see if he can. And and so, it, you know, it's really, I think... You've gotten some distance from it and you can see that it's not about you. It's not, and, it's not about, it's not, and it's not worth me, you know sort of lashing back quickly oh, for sure. in an email in a way that would show that he's gotten mm, under your skin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when you say don't send the email, I wasn't sure if you meant him, the one he sent to you or you in response to him. Well, both. I mean, maybe both. I mean, <laughs> okay. I don't know if, if he, you know, if, if that was his place of lashing back and maybe, you know, I think he may, if there is any regret that he may have in terms of sending it, it'll probably be when he doesn't get any sort of response whatsoever from me. I mean, yeah, you know. right. When you don't take the bait, he's going to probably feel. I mean, if he has any insight at all, if he doesn't, he's probably just like, "Ooh, know. got him." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, he may just be sitting in the echo chamber of right. his perceived greatness <laughs> and that he can do no wrong. And mm-hmm. you know, please, please underestimate. Me. Yeah. I would really appreciate Which is a it. big mistake. Big mistake. Our outside light just went on. Yeah, that, that freaks me out. Sometimes it happens in the middle of the night and I see right. that and yeah. I'm like... Mm. Is it a raccoon? Is um, it a raccoon? Remember when we had a huge skunk that was like Cirque? Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. It was huge. I don't know if all skunks are that big. This skunk was like huge. I actually don't know the size of the skunk. I, I should need to look this up. Skunks. Um, what do skunks eat? I mean... What are they skunking on? Let's see. Are they veggie how, guys or... Alexa, how much does a skunk weigh? A skunk typically weighs between 1 pound 2 ounces and 13 pounds 14 ounces when full grown. Okay, this skunk I saw, I swear to God, it looked like it was 30 pounds. Yeah, it was a big old, big old skunk. Are there such things as like... Um, Giant skunks? Yeah, like giant skunks. Junks? <laughs> giant skunks. What is the largest skunk? The American hog skunk. Skunk. It's fun to say that word, skunk. 
skunk. Um, still doesn't say how. It just says it could be 2.7. I guess maybe it's just like furry. Anyway, that thing was huge. It's like you see that and you see like fox and they're like so emaciated mm. looking. Oh my God. The skunks we've seen in this neighborhood look like, uh, like two dimensional. Well <laughs> Wait, this, in this the, neighborhood? Yeah. You haven't seen the foxes in this neighborhood? Oh, the fox. I thought you said the skunk. Yeah. Okay. No, no, the foxes. I mean. Oh, the fox. Yeah, the fox are, yeah. They're... Are all foxes like that? I think, I think my, I think I thought skunks were smaller in foxes. Is fox were bigger? I don't know. Yeah, when you were saying that, I, like fox eye, or just is fox foxes. in and of itself plural? Maybe fox or fox were smaller. Foxes were bigger. I think foxes. Mm. I'm I don't not know. sure. Yeah. Um. It kind of reminds me of our. I don't know why, but our conversation the other day about words that we. Just for oh, whatever reason, spell. our brain won't yeah. allow us to spell them. Mine's restaurant. 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 That's how Archie says it. Mine is maintenance. Maintenance. Can I have the language of origin, please? I, I have a hard time with restaurant. Embarrassing. And then there was another one. I have a very shame-ridden example. I think I've told you this. I spelled... I was applying to... For the Oregon, Illinois listeners, I was applying. Do you know the story? Yeah, you've told me this story. I, I can't even <laughs> tell you it's how like, many times. I can't tell you how much shame I feel about this. So I was applying to work at Fun and Sun as a cashier, which is very important. What cashier? Wait, maybe it wasn't Fun and Sun. I guess I don't. Maybe it was a job I didn't get. Maybe it was for like the grocery store. I know um, why you didn't get it. So I spelled cashier wrong on the application. I mixed up the I and the E. And my mom worked some of her issues out on me <laughs> in this situation. I mean, she was basically like... How, how did she know you? Like, you just remembered? Like, maybe you didn't spell it wrong. What do you mean? No, like, she looked at it and she was like... "You." Spelled. She didn't stop you? Uh, I think it was in pen. And so she was like... You guys want to white out? Uh, I think I did use white out, but I mean, it was, she was just like, oh, okay. you're so irresponsible. <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, this is oh, my man. first job application. I know, okay. She's wow. um, like, this is going to follow you yeah. around. This is just a sign of who you are as a person. Uh, you're so thoughtless and careless. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, care. she, she didn't really say it that way, but she was just kind of like, I think, I think, I think if I were to zoom out, <sighs> take a breath down into my pelvis as my massage therapist encourages me to do. Um, I think she probably did have some of her like fears about, she was extrapolating 30 years into the future and, you know, the things that bother probably bothered her about me as a teen. She's like, Oh, she's like, you know, never going to amount to anything. Even though I don't think she actually felt that way. I think that was a fear that she had. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I have, when I spell things wrong, and now that I'm writing a lot, this happens frequently, and it is definitely, like, stirs up that memory. So how old were you when you filled out this application? Did you, did you tell, say that? I think I was, it probably, I can't remember if it was before or after I worked at Paddle Wheel Inn. 
housekeeping. I, so you already had a resume gone. I I don't I can't remember where it was in my um, CV. Mm-hmm. If it was my first job or if it was after that, it might have been my first ever. And but I, th- I probably would have been like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. What? No, not 16. 14 or 15. 14 or 15. Okay. Why are you laughing? Well, just because I'm, th- I'm thinking about that story of you working at the Paddle Wheel Inn, and I'm like, so if that was before and you were 14, like, were you 13? Also, how are you getting a job at 14? At 14, you could work at certain places, but I don't think I could work. Wait, but I had a car. This is I guess... Western Illinois. <laughs> So, Western. Yeah, Western Illinois. In what respect? The west side of the state. It's in the center of Northern <coughs> Illinois. It is. It's like smack dab in the center. Okay. All right. Now I have to pull up a map because you think you know where I grew up better than I do. I mean, it just you have um, a tenuous grasp on geography. You know? No, I don't know. You don't know about that. Okay, you ready? I guess so. Okay. Yeah. Right at the old Illinois Mason Dixon. I bet if you measured that, it's about as fucking close as you can get to being right. Right Dead smack. Anyway. I mean, let's be honest. Anything west of Chicago is western Illinois. I don't want to sound like the Chicago elitist, but Chicago is its like own state within the state. Like mm-hmm. the the values of the people in Chicago is stark contrast to everyone else in the state of Illinois. I'm going to tell you right now, that is not a conversation that I am interested in having. A political one? It's particularly about, like, you know, people I grew up with and, like, it's like... I'm not talking about people you grew up with. I know, but it's just, like, people who have only lived in Chicago, Illinois, do not understand what the rest of the state looks like. They think it's all red, and um, some of it is, but I think... You've never lived anywhere other than Chicago, and I lived in both places. So I can assure you that there are some progressive people and some very conservative people. Noted, ma'am. Noted. That's called putting a boy in his place. Okay. We'll go with that. Okay. Okay, 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 okay. But yeah, there, there are those words that are like just impossible to remember how to spell. Do you have any other ones? Maintenance is yours. I said embarrassing mm. and restaurant. Restaurant. And cashier, apparently. I know. I know there are. Uh, maybe I'll think of them. Okay. But, yeah. You know, I lost. Um, oh, the spelling bee? Spelling bee and coach. I spelled couch. <laughs> it was rough. I was, you know, and, and I went into that thing. Like, I I think I like, started watching the spelling bee on ESPN. I was like kind of hyped for it. I was like, "All right, fourth grade spelling bee, here we go. We got this." I think I, you know, I was looking at the dictionary. I was I was watching the spelling bee. 
thought I was like picking up some tricks of the trade. Wow, that's really devastating. Couch, couch, couch. I should ask for the language origin. Can they define it for you? I don't know. How to, okay. In fourth grade, probably not. If I, I have to ask for the definition of coach, they're like, I don't know, man. <laughs> the guy teaches you. Like, but I think that would have jostled your brain into, like, it's not like you thought coach was spelled like that. You just. No, I think I thought coach was spelled like that. Oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> I hadn't considered that. Yeah. I thought you just, like, messed up the U and the A. I mean, I did because I thought it was because <laughs> in the, the high coach. pressure moment that is the coach that is coach. Was, um, coach. Who coach. was my teacher? Coach. I mean, I could see it. Yeah. Like before it's not that you crazy. Yeah, before you know what you know now, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was. What was I? I mean, Fourth I was like grade. eight, nine. Well, you were young, so eight probably. Yeah. Yeah. Like eight years old. Wow, we have so much spelling hang-ups. So mm. many. Yeah. I mean, and then my name is constantly a source of aggravation for spelling. The last name? First name. Mm, J-O-N. Yeah. Everyone wants to throw a completely useless H in there. Like, I don't even, I don't know why we're doing this. Well, it's how it's been yeah traditional but it's yeah. like what? i think it originated in the i think the bible really encouraged that spelling and when a book that's as popular as that like you're not gonna you're, you're not gonna turn the tide that's a wrap on that uh it's just the way it is hmm what's a famous j-o-n john that's it's not gonna be more famous than um the John from the Bible. Who is, who, what did that guy do? Anyway, I'm not going to, again, okay, you've brought me into politics and religion in a span <laughs> of like fucking five minutes. You're, this is you. You're a liability. Anyway, you were talking about this. You said earlier, like, don't send the email. And it made me think of two things. One, the concept of going to bed mad. And then also what I hinted at in my newsletter this week is that I read a different newsletter that really stirred up some feelings mm. in me and like not I've had several drafts to kind of get out some of my feelings but it was like so apropos of what you're saying which is like don't send the email like let yourself put your feelings and thoughts down but like don't send the email mm -hmm. and then like trying not to be so reactionary and defensive in the final product like of course you're going to have that first reaction like I'm noticing that in this newsletter that I may write next week. And just for anybody who hasn't checked it out yet, it's about someone who wrote about the title is like, no, not everybody needs therapy. And a lot of the things that this person writes about, I really agree with. Like she has some concerns with like, obviously like over prescribing of medications and um, some criticisms of like better help and talk space. And I'm going to get into that in the newsletter. But there's also a lot of, like, the feeling I got was, like, teens need to get off their phone and not see a telehealth therapist. They need to go out and make friends kind of feeling. And it's not exactly what it says, but that was the feeling I had. And, like, I've even gone back and read it a couple times, and I can see that, like, my feelings 
there's some feelings that are very valid and very grounded and those will remain in the newsletter, but some of it is just like the way I'm interpreting it, you know, like I have this defensiveness and reaction and like, I'm kind of letting it shed off with these different drafts of it, but Mm -hmm. it's been interesting to kind of watch like, and that's been really helpful for me as an adult and in our relationship sometimes is like not trying to fight defensiveness by being like, I should never have defensive feelings. I don't think I should express them explicitly to you in a conversation. But, like, if something happens, I can go in the other room and kind of, like, flush it out and be like, my first response is to, like, kind of defend myself and all these things. And and I'm not, to be honest, I'm not, like, trying to toot my own horn. That is often not my first reaction in conflict. But sometimes it does happen and it can be very powerful. And instead of trying to fight it just kind of like letting the system flush it out Mm -hmm. does that make sense Mm -hmm. um and it it made me think a little bit about the the old adage of never go to bed angry Mm -hmm. we've had some people that i really respect um that have been you know married for a while and um i respect their input have said like don't go to bed angry which i think we're on the same i that i could not disagree with that um, like old wives tale or whatever. What mm-hmm. do you call it? Like I could not disagree with that more. And I think you agree. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, a thousand percent go to, go get sleep and wake up and see how you feel about like it. How in the many morning. times have you, you know, been worried about something at night and then you wake up in the morning with like a fresh perspective and you're like, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that can happen. Because I'll tell you about fights when you get in at night. It's like right. you've been going all day long. Right. You're tired. <laughs> Your willpower is drained. Yeah. There's like you've sucked down so much at work and, you know, with your kids or something else where it's just like it's a spark and you go off. and like Death like, by a thousand paper cuts. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then, you know, going to bed, getting some rest, waking up refreshed, having some space, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit of like, you know, awkwardness and the bed where you're just like, yeah, <laughs> back turned, stop pulling the sheet, you know, like this is my side, uh-huh. turn off that light. Uh-huh. Um, but mm, is that something you want to say to me? <laughs> turn off that light. I think I think you are. I think you are subtly hinting to me that you don't like that I read in the bed. I don't mind that you read in the bed. It's, I mean, it's, it's it's fine. I, I mean, you know, like I can fall asleep immediately. I know. Not the falling asleep. That's it's the staying asleep that's okay. a problem for me. But but even earlier in the night, like, do I keep you up? No. Okay, because I thought maybe one of your Christmas presents was a veiled attempt to get me to stop using my salt lamp. No, it was just like you should have a better light source than. Oh, I love my a, salt lamp. A dim. Bury me with it. Okay. All right. I mean, you've asked you asked previously for, for a book light. for a book light, and that one wasn't really good. Yeah. So I thought that one's a good travel one. It's not like I can bring my salt lamp with me everywhere. Although I would if I could. <laughs> I just love the low pink light. Like I don't think it's doing anything. Some people believe in like. I mean, I guess I don't not believe in it, but I also don't believe that the salt is like, you know probably providing healing properties for us and maybe it is and maybe it isn't but i just like the pink glow it's very soothing to me anyway i god it's just like i think that is the best advice Mm -hmm. if you're in a fight 
like, you know, write down. If, if, if you're like, if I go to bed, I'm going to miss my point. Like, okay, then like write it down, whatever it is that the, the thread of the, the fight that you don't want to lose, like go for it. But my gosh, give your nervous system a break and wake up with like a full brain. And mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I really think, and I don't know if you've, if you have, I don't know if you've always felt this way, but I remember in earlier, earlier relationships. And I think even a little bit of like the therapist in me is like, no, stay in it. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's uncomfortable, but like you stay in the conflict and like, you know, don't run away from it. And, um, like, we're, I don't know. I think I did stay in it in, I think this might be the first relationship where I actually practiced this. I don't know if you relate, like, did you always operate that way or did you feel like you needed to finish fights? before going to bed I don't remember a time before you <sighs> I honestly don't remember you know how you how resolved I, conflict yeah yeah wow I mean yeah with you know my ex prior to you conflict was very um animated we'll uh-huh. say uh-huh. so it was like you just went until there was nothing left to... Yeah. yeah. Um, and I really don't remember, you know, I don't recall a lot of conflict with my relationships prior to that. I mean... Okay. Interesting. They were just, you know, I, I just think being in college away from home as you experience, it's like... You know, you'd, you'd see this person for month, three months, and then you would be gone for a month, and then, or you'd be gone for the entire summer. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there was. Just, Are you saying that you like kept it light? Yeah, I think I think it was. It, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was light. I think that's probably a good way to put it. And I'm sure there were conflicts. I just can't. I I can't recall any of those conflicts. Wow. Yeah. How interesting. To live inside that. It's like amazing. Amazing. Uh, the way that I am being looked at right now is just like, no, like I'm, I'm, hands on the chin like, oh, I'm envious. What a specimen. I truly, yeah. I'd love to get a brain scan. So this week on Dialoguing, I wrote about the five things I learned in 2023. I was curious what if there was anything from you like what did you have any big lessons from last year or do you want me to share mine first and you can think yeah i mean i think uh, you can share yours i'll try to flesh out what my thought is okay they don't have to be like five but that's just what i chose so the first one i talked about was just taking more vulnerable risks and as I kind of alluded to in the letter this week is I come from a very risk averse household and it's not like I've never taken a risk but they've always been very like calculated and not kind of like I knew I had a certain level of like success 
safety. And like as I was calcul- as I was looking at my, I was like, okay, what risks have I taken that could be considered risks? I would say moving, going to college, like in a completely different state where I knew nobody, far away. That's sort of a risk. Moving back, moving to a city again when I said I didn't want to. Living in Chicago, um, but like they're kind of like not. It's a little bit like the conveyor belt of risk options, right? None of them are like too, too wild. Mm -hmm. And I think this in 2023, I think I took risks that felt very um, exposing, you know, like starting this newsletter, Mm -hmm. I guess, and by proxy, like, or via proxy. And as a result, this podcast. And I think I feel like I'm showing what I want, (laughs) For the first, like, I I feel like I don't, I've been scared in my life to show what I want and to want more and to show that I want something. Mm. And so even just saying that out loud, I'm feeling my throat close up. Oh. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to need an EpiPen. Um, So... (laughs) allergic to I'm, I'm allergic to ambition being, yeah. and wanting things <laughs> oh my god so yeah just noticing that and that i did you know like starting the newsletter and then becoming sober might not seem like a risk to people but it definitely felt like one to me you're making a total face I'm just, yeah i don't i don't think anyone would, would, would say that it's not a a risk okay can you expand i think it's it's a it's a crutch, you know. Mm-hmm. It's a comfort blanket. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a need for a lot of people. It's it's risky to give that up. Okay, okay, that's fair. Okay, uh, I guess I, I could see people saying like choosing to drink is a risk, but like not choosing is that really? Yeah, once you're already on the other side of it, you know, <laughs> once you're already pickled, it's like choosing <laughs> not to be pickled is a right, mm-hmm. and. Then the second thing I wrote about was that just like how important play is to me and being silly again. And um, and I talked a little bit about how we play a lot because we have a four-year-old, but it's often <laughs> dictated by the dictator that lives in our home. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's super, super fun playing hide-and-seek and got lightsabers and we're running and we're laughing and we're tickling and it's so, so fun. And then sometimes he's... Um, like ordering us around and telling us to be cats and we're on all fours on the hardwood and all we're just like doing it wrong the whole time. Mm-hmm. And that's less fun. And so I decided that I couldn't just rely on my child rearing responsibilities as a place to get play. And so in 2023, there were definitely lots of things of like the Taylor Swift concert and making all the bracelets and like dancing every chance I get. And I've even done, I haven't told you this, but there's these people I follow on YouTube who have these like, like, um, um, dance videos that they do where they like teach you these dances. And I've been like doing that oh, for fun. And this is, this is some fun news. Well, like, it's okay. I'm, I can't wait to see these. It's dances. another vulnerable risk. You'll never see it, but well, and it's funny on squid games. Um, Is there a dance challenge? No, they were just like, you know, because these people are locked in this like warehouse for hours with, you know, nothing. So it just like turns into like being a kid on a playground. Oh. And they were like doing like a dance circle. Okay. Yeah. And then people were busting out dance moves. And I'm like, 
Ooh, what dance move would I bust uh-huh. out if I was in, in a dance circle right mm-hmm. now? But now you've got some like yeah. Real well, stuff and there's there. something there's when you just said that I took this like deep breath of like yeah when you strip it all away we ultimately get there. Like if you think about like being stranded at an airport, eventually you're going to get a deck of cards and you're going to play. Like eventually we get there. Like our brains are just like, I guess you have to be open to it. I shouldn't act like it's just like a natural conclusion, but I just find it so important to my mental health. Mm -hmm. And I I was just going to say something else that I was playing with. You were talking about, Squid Games and dancing. Oh, Dance Circle. When I went to the IFS conference in October, the last night they had like a dance thing. And my consultant and I stayed late to go to it after like three really long days because we thought it was going to be this like huge thing. There were thousands of people at the conference. We thought like, this is going to be so fun. There's going to, there was like a really good DJ there. And like not many people stayed. And so there was like, I think at first there was only like 15 of us in a circle. It was like, some awkwardness and you know but eventually like we got into it and it was super super fun and more people joined and it was it was really just like life-giving and so just like that is a non-negotiable for me to carry with me just like having more fun and being silly and playing games and and then the third thing I talked about was uh, I titled it flexibility leads to expansion, not loss. And that's a really silly way of just saying needing to be more flexible with what I tell myself about myself, Mm. about like, I am a certain way. I am introverted. I, I don't like small talk. I don't like, um, you know, before I was, not drinking you know like I'm not a sober person I'm not this and 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 I think I gripped to a lot of identity markers like being introverted which is a hard one a harder one for me to loosen my grip on I think I clung to a lot of identity markers right when I moved out like differentiating from my parents and kind of like creating this identity and being like well, I know myself better than everyone else. And like, I know that this is like, this is just who I am. And like, this is just how I am. And as time has worn on creating our own family and feeling just a little bit more secure in myself, being able to be like, yeah, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I am. And I'm like still learning a ton about myself, being surprised by myself. I felt that a lot this year. Like can't believe some of the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And if I look back, I think Archie's birth actually was like one of the, you know, that was four years ago at this point. But I remember that being, even though it was my intention to have a unmedicated vaginal birth, I don't think I thought I could do it. Mm. <laughs> and I think after I, after it happened, after I was involved in it, I was like, oh my God, like, I'm capable of a lot more than I tell myself that I am. And then I slipped into a deep, dark postpartum anxiety and depression. And that revelation um, slipped into the far, (laughs) far rear view. But it came back into focus, I think, as time went on. And I started to feel healthier and, you know, access these other parts of my life. But 
yeah, just like being really allowing myself to be surprised by myself has been really special and kind of incredible. (laughs) Um, and then number four was embrace small, but mighty changes, just like little habits. And I talk about the book, tiny habits, which I cannot recommend enough. Great book. Very practical. It's not like a self-help book where there's no tips. It's like do this and then do this. And if it's too hard, break it down even further. And just like how little changes really help me, like laying out my clothes before work and working out, like having them, it's like such a small thing, but it is like, I remember you used to do that with the coffee when we used to use a drip coffee, you would set it up the night before, like those little things where you're just like kind of nurturing yourself and having these little, just little nuggets that make a big difference. I think, do you have any little like small habits that you do that you think bring you ease and pleasure? Your wordle. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my little games in the morning, um, like there is, I, I do gain some pleasure from pleasure, from um, like getting stuff organized or like like shedding or like paring things down, purging. purging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. like there is a, a a absolute feeling of like to that. Yeah. I also remember as a kid, I really loved like rearranging my room. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like moving yeah. my bed from oh. over there to over here. Honey, are you realizing? Who does that? Archie. Yeah. We leave him in there for an hour. We'll come back with a completely different arrangement of the Tetris. It, it, it's... And it's chaos. <laughs> it's a. It's like a Jackson Pollock uh, <laughs> painting. <laughs> oh, but in his mind, it is something. Like He'll be yeah. like, this is Santa sleigh. This is all my friends. From I mean, he has a vision. He has a vision. It's unhinged, mm-hmm. but he has a vision. Our child does not um, color inside the lines. He yeah. will not. Yes. Um as we've discussed, he is, he's a creative, he's, uh-huh, he's uh-huh, a creative, uh-huh, uh-huh. he's, um, yeah, he's a special boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Any other habits that you feel like, or little, like little changes that you think make a big diff, make a big impact on your mental health. How about that? No, I mean, I, you know, I, I, make my make coffee in the morning it's mm-hmm. kind of a ritual mm-hmm. with the pour over and it mm-hmm. it's kind of a nice little thing meditative moment yeah and then having that with me that i bring which is different than what you know i used to do when we were in chicago like i used to like as a ritual walking to the train stopping oh i didn't know Mang, that you would always a, do that yeah buy okay. a coffee there okay. you wouldn't make coffee at home mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I would, but okay. I, I think for the most part, I don't part, really remember. Yeah, for the most part, I would like doing it on the way. On the way is sort of a yeah, a little treat. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Treat to the road. Sometimes yeah. I pick up a little biscuit. Yeah, it's also like a city boy thing or a city person thing. So to do. city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So city. Yeah, you got to do it. Okay. Um. 
What about sleep? Like, I guess I'm not going to ask you that. Okay. Uh, what, like grinding my teeth throughout the night? <laughs> Having intrusive worries about work and nonsense all night? Yeah, it works for me. <laughs> like a list Does of, the trick. A list of what not to do. Yeah. And then number five, nobody wants to hear this one, but self-discipline is very healing for me. And what I kind of the way I got to this place was I realized some of the messaging I got growing up about and even into my early adulthood because I remember I was struggling in grad school and I remember talking to my parents about it and being like this is really hard I'm feeling really overwhelmed and it's just like it's a lot and I remember um my mom saying like, yeah, maybe you're just not cut out for it. And I can see now, especially now that I'm a parent, that I'm sure she just was struggling seeing me struggle and wanted me to know that there was an out. And, you know, that doesn't, that does not make one a monster. But at the time, <laughs> I think I was just saying, this is hard. And and I realized how much of that there was in my life of like, I was expected to work very, very hard at things and to be good at things, but not acknowledge when things were hard. If they were hard, then probably not for me. And I can think of so many things like that. And so, and I remember reading a few years ago in this book about... Um, emotional neglect that a lot of times there's a a correlation between parents who have a hard time sitting with their kids feeling feelings and adults having issues of self-discipline later because if you don't have kind of a adult helping you through like yeah this sucks and you can do it um you don't learn that skill (laughs) like self-discipline is a skill and some people learn it in different ways but I think I had a weird relationship to things that felt uncomfortable. And as I wrote about in my dopamine article a long time ago, I've learned to do things that are hard on purpose because it's good for our brains and our brains respond to that well. And and that there are things that I want to do and feel and experience that require effort. Like this newsletter is a lot of work and it's hard and it's vulnerable and it's not like easy peasy. I'm just living this like creative dream. It's like, it's a lot of discomfort and effort and it's really valuable to me. And so just like revisiting this relationship between things that are hard, but really aligned with my values and being willing to say, Caitlin, no, you can do this. And there's this line in one of the articles that the person that wrote that um, self-neglect book that I, I talked about, it's called Running on Empty, Dr. Jonice Webb, she says something like, what you do matters because you matter. And that sounds really simple, but I think that can get lost sometimes when you're trying to instill habits. Like, you kind of get a case of the fuckets. Like, you know, who cares? Like, it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, no, what you do day in and day out, how you treat your body, how you treat your mind, how you treat yourself matters because you matter. And 
I, that was a big, as I'm sure you can attest to being a person in a marriage with me over the last year, I imagine, I don't know. I, do I, how do I ask this without leading the witness? I guess, do you see, how do you see that in me? Do you see that like more, not more discipline? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I think that there is a, a renewed, not renewed, but there's, there's a, there's a sense of, of energy and, and drive that I think, um, that you have and and it's a, it's a well that you go to and it takes stuff from you, but it also feeds you a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I think you it's sort of like the the idle hands Mm -hmm. type of a thing Mm -hmm. you know where like idle hands you just kind of like you know (laughs) you just kind of um dissipate a bit Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but having all of this activity although it's a lot and you're doing a lot and, and and taking a lot of moments to do this i think that you're finding time and space to do it in a way that um is fulfilling mm-hmm. to you mm-hmm. so i don't i think i think it is a to your point there is a, a self discipline is in, is important for your mental health mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it is and not being I'm very careful to not be super rigid and be like, you have to do this thing no matter how you feel. It's in a very attuned way. I'm not forcing myself to do things, but I am asking, you know, what is it that I'm wanting more of? What do I want to feel more of? And what do I know typically like brings about that feeling? And, and with the newsletter, you were saying like the idle hands thing, it's like, it's not like I'm seeking out this thing to like fill me up. It's like I have this inside of me and I need to find somewhere to put it. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I don't feel like I'm like, you know, they call it like, there's like the seeking energy that gets talked about sometimes of like you're trying to fill a hole and it feels like there's like something buzzing inside of me. I've always had all these thoughts and feelings. And for years I've been writing in my notes app. Like I remember when Archie was really young, I was having all these epiphanies about motherhood and, and, and I was just like writing it down. I've, I've done this forever. And just like, it's just like having a place to put that and express this thing that's been living inside of me is kind of, you're smiling at me in such a weird way right now. I, I just, <laughs> <laughs> what? It's like very. I don't know why this triggered it, but I, I sent, I sent you that video of Archie. Of Archie, you know. Let me watch. I haven't watched it yet. Oh, it's a good one. It's. Mike. Oh my god, he's so cute. 
cute. Do you remember when this was? I don't see is my calling. Uh, the way he picks up the phone from the bottom and places it. Like, yeah. Fun. 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 Oh my god, it's so crazy that he was ever that. <laughs> well, in like a lot of those videos are like 2022 you know and like two years ago the amount of language development is really crazy yeah so anyway that's why i was i don't know why it made me think of that video um yeah nobody you're taking notes you're talking about when archie was young Uh, uh uh okay that's enough about me and talking about my shit what do you well i want to say before that like i told you i i uh thought that this was a really good article. I thought that it's it's a really um I think you're finding your voice in your place and mm-hmm. it's you know you're I'm I'm honing my craft. You're honing your craft. You're really you're finding a way to incorporate um your education and training in a way that is you know, it's just sort of, it's sprinkled in there. So, like, um, um, consciously and appropriately, but naturally. Organically. Organically, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, like. Thanks. We well, you got me that. that Stephen King mem- memoir um, called On Writing, which there's a lot of criticism of the memoir because he's, like, such a dude writing about this. Like, of course he was able to have a family and have this like very rigid expectation of like how and when he writes and every write every day and write this number. It's like, yeah, okay, sure. Um, in your world that's possible, but there's obviously a lot of incredible, like, (laughs) like insight in there as well. And so I've been kind of like in, you know, he writes fiction and I don't do that, but it's been, I've been taking what I can from it and, there's definitely been some stuff in there I've really um, sprinkled in. Mm-hmm. And it's cool. I've been thinking about the psychology of writing. And, you know, maybe a year from now when I'm more into this, I do want to kind of meld these two things together. Because I can see in my writing group how we're all going through these same cycles of feelings and self-doubt. And and how there's like a little bit of a craft to it. But there's it's just so... There's something so interesting in there. So I appreciate your snap, snap, snaps. But I want to hear of you. What what do you feel like? And I'm putting you on the spot. I had like a week and hours to think about mine. So you can feel free to (laughs) omit. Omit. Skip. Skip 2023. I would love to hear, but I don't want you to feel like you have to. You know, I mean, I think that... uh... I think it's it's a lot of growth from an understanding of all my little weaselly things that I've developed um, to interact with the world in a way and noticing those things. Mm-hmm. Like um, the way that I handle conflict. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The way it makes me react, the way it makes my body feel, how I can... I can be avoidant and spiteful and um, protective of yourself. Protective mm-hmm. and is really just golemy, mm. you know. Uh, 
And so I think that that's something that I've really kind of had a breakthrough mm-hmm. in my therapy mm-hmm. in getting to know it and understand it mm-hmm. in a way that it's less of a controlling force because man, that guy really takes the wheel. Hijacks your system. It really hijacks my system. Yeah. You know, but since you, when you articulated that to me one time, you said something, we were trying to repair a fight we had had. And I said, like, I you're saying the words, but I can tell you're like, nobody's home. And you said to me, really like not defensively or angrily you were I could tell you were very activated but you said something just like yeah every inch of me wants to like run out of this room and when you said that to me it it just like really shifted things from kind of an attack position on your part to like oh you're really scared and you don't exactly know why you don't like it just it, it was so helpful. I'm sure it didn't feel great to like go through all of that, but I want to acknowledge like, that's probably the thing that you think you can't say in a fight because it's too vulnerable, but it was so helpful for me to be like, yeah, totally. We don't have to do this right now. Like we can do this tomorrow. (laughs) Go to bed angry. Um, yeah. And just a, you know, that's a prime example of like, you know, the, being uh, honest and um, <laughs> trusting, trusting, yeah. and vulnerable uh-huh. is um, does a lot more for you in safe relationships. In safe relationships, yes, um, than those uh, firefighter protectors. sort of protector yeah. things that we put up to manage mm. that situation mm. in. That we developed for places that didn't feel safe. Yes, right. But they kind of don't really know all the time. Yeah, that you're in a different situation. Yeah, yeah. It's really um, yeah, bugaboo. A bugaboo. But, I mean, from this side of the situation, like, I would second that observation. <coughs> Uh-oh, we lost him. Um... What else? 2023. <coughs> Did a lot of like health stuff. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Colonoscopies, vasectomies, all the amies that you could handle. You, you could so shake your amies. You could stick your. So maybe some French like. For friend. <laughs> maybe so maybe some existential angst came into view some existential angst came into view yeah. um what's it all for why are we here what why do our matters what is yeah yeah okay mm-hmm. that's a fun one i think that one's gonna bleed into 2024 a little bit yeah. a little bit a little bit it's a what carryover does what does the calendar matter yeah. just another trip around the sun um, Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions a perseverance, revelation. yeah. Mm-hmm. A revelation yeah. of yeah, perseverance. Like change is possible, growth is possible. Mm-hmm. Um, finding trust and support in your mm-hmm. 
mm. comrades in arms, like just grit, you know. Grit. Yeah. G-R-I-T. I don't know how you'll take this. Oh, no. <laughs> but I feel like you and Archie got closer this year. Hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, um, uh, it kind of bleeds together. Like it's, you know, like I was looking at those videos and pictures with him in 2022. Um, and yeah, man, he was, you know, he was him in all of his personality traits, but without the, the verbal yeah. ability. And uh-huh. so it's just so funny to see, you know, <laughs> he's like, been himself the whole time. Yeah. There's like one video where you're taking it and, um, you're sending it to me. And I think you, you wanted me to get firewood on the way home. And he was like opening the fire thing and pointing in there and like, you know, oh really being as animated as he is. And, um, but didn't have the the verbal capacity to really mm, share it. Yeah. You know, I, and that's, uh, there is a, I think in my therapy, finding a way to be still mm. with him is a major focus of me not sort of shuffling him along mm. to where to get on my program. Because mm. um, I, I feel like that was, you know, very much a part of my upbringing mm-hmm. was, um, yeah, we're doing a lot of stuff. And it was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of things. Um, but there wasn't a lot of stillness, I think, in that. Mm-hmm. And I want to create that space for stillness and for us to and he's asking for it too mm-hmm. you know like there are uh, some kids maybe don't but i think he's signaling to us like you know i'm doing this and i'm into this right now dada look at this mama look at this like mama fight me here you know like he is real clear preferences like he loves to fight and love you know like he just like loves what oh, he loves he's opinionated yes he's yeah sometimes he doesn't know what he wants but he sure as hell knows what he doesn't want mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. especially when it comes to snacks yeah right 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 i want a snack daddy you pick okay here we go i didn't want this snack <laughs> well okay that is such an interesting you can't you cannot play that game with him anymore i can't yeah can't yeah it gets me every time yeah <laughs> um okay anything else from 2023 you want to share uh no but i did uh have a thought from what you said earlier when you called archie a dictator okay uh if you ever if they're ever written a, a fiction book and you got a character who's a real like domineering you know like whatever Richard Tater. Richard Tater. Dictator. You know what I mean? Kind of slip that in. That's pretty uh, good, honey. Yeah. Richard Tater. Mm-hmm. Wow, you've been holding on to that for a long time. Long time. Wow. Yeah. Beautiful. Kind of like the saving it for the Costanza, you know? Like, uh-huh. remember that? Did you see that episode? You don't really, you didn't really watch Seinfeld. 
Um, I did, but not enough to know like references. There's like one episode where George only wants to leave rooms like on a high note with a joke. Oh my God. No, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah. So he's just like, you know, like constantly struggling to like, Oh, oh. that's painful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, did you have any notes from this week that uh, stories you wanted to tell? I have one quick story or quick funny thing. Yeah, we'll save mine. Okay. One thing was, and maybe you can tell this because you were there, but we took the cats to the vet a couple weeks ago and we told Archie that he was going to go with you and he was going to go to the cat doctor. <laughs> Kitty doctor. Kitty doctor. Okay. And I didn't go with you guys went and do you want to walk them through what happened? Yes, we went and it was great. Um, he had fun watching them like go, you know, get weighed and um, get anally probed and get snacks and get snacks. And then so we take him back to the car and I'm putting him into his seat. And he's like, see, dad, I told you. And I was like, told me what? He's like, I told you it wasn't a kitty doctor. I was like, what do you mean that, that we, they were the just vet. there? We saw yeah. the, the vet. That's the doctor. He's like, yeah. But she wasn't a kitty. (laughs) He thought the doctor was going to be a cat, which makes you're right. You're right. So much sense. But like, if you think it through that lens, like the level of excitement that he was probably like, "Oh my god!" No, when I told him about it in the car, he was like, he literally went, "What? (laughs) (gasps) A kitty doctor? Are you serious?" I've only seen those on TV. Yeah, I was like. Yeah, you, I thought he was just excited to like go with you, but no, he thought it was going to be a Oh my god, I feel like I could cry right now. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. A I level mean, of that, disappointment. I mean, he didn't really show that much disappointment. I mean, you'd think he'd be more disappointed, oh but he seemed pretty god. happy there, but oh uh, maybe he just kept thinking the next person that was going to walk in was going to be like, you know, Dr. Pawzinski or, <laughs> you know, somebody oh, who's just oh my God. an absolute cat in a white coat with a stethoscope. Oh, God. I mean, it's just, it's the purest thing that's ever happened. Yeah. Oh, I think we should end on that because I think that's really cute and funny and I've started crying. So good. Sands out. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. That's going to be it for us this week. Thanks for listening. And we'll chat with you again next week. If you like what you've heard and you want to share, first and foremost, word of mouth, womb, womb, please do so. Womb, is that right? Womb. I've never heard that before. Word of mouth? Well, I've heard word of mouth, never the acronym. You, you, in a previous episode, you went on and on about this. About womb? Yeah. Word of mouth. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, please share with people you think would enjoy this as well. And you can also rate and review us over on Spotify and Apple. And a very special thank you to our paid subscribers who help support this project. And like Microsoft um, and Pepsi. Okay. And, uh, Oldsmobile. It's late. I love you, Budge. Budge. <laughs>
good, 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 good. I wonder if this is a life hack to get you to keep talking to us about Yeah. Hi, everyone. Quick disclaimer. The information provided on this podcast is for informational purposes only. This podcast does not provide any professional or medical advice. Anything written or spoken should not be a replacement for medical, clinical, professional advice, diagnosis, or medical intervention. If you take any action as a result of what you consume on this podcast, this is based solely on your decision, and this podcast cannot be held liable for the consequences of any action or inaction. By consuming this podcast, you agree that there have been no guarantees made about the results of taking any action, whether recommended or not. This podcast provides educational and informational resources that are intended to help readers and listeners thrive in their lives. You nevertheless acknowledge that your ultimate success or failure will be the result of your own efforts, circumstances, and the innumerable factors beyond the control and scope of this newsletter and podcast. Accessing and otherwise utilizing this podcast does not create a therapist-client relationship. Nothing in dialoguing is meant to be a replacement for the services provided by a trained mental health or medical provider.